Babe's Blue Xerox, Sex Shops, and Summer Camps. It's Pun Intensive. And welcome to Pun Intensive. We have a bunch of old timers around here, except that they're all young. Well, at least two of us are. I'm joined today by my co-producer, garishly gareening off the Cliff's notes of O. Henry Long stories, Gary Halleck. If there are enough ways to make fun of the spelling of his name, I don't know them all, Dave Wallace. Singing a mule-tied carol, Francis the Talking Punnelist, Francis McGrath. <laughs> and me, your host, a man who provides support from his home in Austin, Texas support, Cowboys fan, Texas sport, and a licensed Class C boat captain in Galveston, Texas sport, Aaron Faisal. We're going to start off as usual with Zinger of the Week. Zinger of the Week, where we ask each of our panelists to share personal anecdotes and experiences in the world of workaday wordplay. Uh, let's start off with the frequent winner of the O. Henry pun-off, but, but also the artistic director for Comedy Sports Austin and, most impressive to this fanboy, member of legendary comedy group Master Pancake Theater, Dave Wallace. Dave, what's your Zinger of the Week? My youngest is uh, starting to learn how to drive. He's 15 now. And mm. so kind of getting him used to being behind the wheel and kind of looking at all the instrumentation. He sees one of the lights come on the dashboard. I'm like, oh, well, that's the Illinois light. See, indicator lights are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Thank you very much. All right. And often a winner, more often a contestant, and most often a judge at the O. Henry Punoff, musician Francis McGrath. Hi, Francis. Hey, how are you doing? So far, so good. What's uh, what's your zinger of the week? Okay, so this came up last night. We were sitting down as a family to watch Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. And uh, I said, yeah, it's a documentary about the early history of flight. <laughs> and everybody laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> Actually, you're, you're the first one to laugh. <laughs> I have one myself. So uh, just credential wise, I'm an occasional contestant, sometimes MC and never a winner of the O. Henry pun off. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not exactly much of a handyman. And if I successfully change a light bulb, I consider that a huge accomplishment. And so I'm trying to make this house smart. And I've been buying like, you know, Phillips smart light bulbs. And in some cases, I've even been installing like dimmer switches in the wall, which is a huge deal for someone like me. And I've been doing a lot of them. And the other day, because I just been getting so good at it, I electrocuted myself, which was terrifying. I yelped, and any guesses as to what I said when my wife asked why I yelped? You were shocked? <laughs> no, I said, <laughs> I said, oh man, that smarts. It, okay, you know, <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> I'm going to workshop that one. And we have the producer emeritus of the O. Henry Punoff, which I'm told is news to his wife, who sees him doing Punoff prep work from time to time, uh, or all the time, Gary Halleck. Hey, Gary. This is actually uh, not a zinger that I pulled off. It's a zinger that I inadvertently participated in between two friends of mine who uh, are good friends that know each other, and they both know me. We are Gilbert and Sullivan people and pun people. And this one fellow who's a director of the Gilbert and Sullivan shows sent an email to both of us and he says 
Dear Don and Gary, do you have any use for old chiropractic magazines? If so, please let me know. I have lots of back issues. <laughs> Very good. And, That's awesome. which, which I immediately recognized. But my friend, who is the punster friend, he bought into the thing and he says, uh, how do you happen to have them? Uh, they would need to be packed and shipped, which sounds costly and cumbersome. Totally right over his head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's the best kind, I, jokes that nobody gets. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> and I was I was watching this as an observer. You know, I was, should we just play along with this guy and, oh, and see, and see if we can <laughs> send a envelope? <laughs> but that's the real zinger is when somebody pulls a pun on you and you don't expect them to be that kind of a person. It's that's very satisfying indeed. You know, all of us here are all professional performers. However, we are going to take a break from show business in a minute, and we're going to get into small business when we come back. And we are back. So imagine that you are also, like me, working on some home projects and uh, need some supplies. Uh, since you want to support local small businesses, you decide to call around and we'll give your business to the one with the best name. We're playing a game called Mind Your Own Business. And the question is, how would they answer the phone? Seeing as how we are all finding ourselves with some extra time and deciding to indulge in our hobbies, what would you expect to hear when calling a hobby shop? And we're going to start with Gary. Hello, you have reached King's Hobby Shop. We have the hottest models. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Awesome. All right, Francis. Thanks for calling where it's always past time. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Thank you for calling Perpetual Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a pun, but it's awesome. <laughs> Not a go. pun and too close to the, to the heart for us. I know. I know. Enthusiasts. <laughs> <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Thanks for calling Comic Con. How can I steal all of your strips? Because he's a con man. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thanks for calling Comic Guys Comic Book Shop. Well, you'll never get a venereal disease. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's hear another one. Thank you for calling Hobby Lobby Canada. Uh, we're into RC, eh? <laughs> I, I'm going to... I'm gonna, um, uh, what's, what's what I'm looking for? I want to add something to that. That... that Arguably, my all-time, all-time, all-time favorite pun is one that I heard from Rich Little when I was, I don't know, six years old, seven years old, or something like that, old enough to, to read, because he said, did you ever notice that Canadians are always saying A, even in the spelling of their name, C-A-N-A-D-A? <laughs> I, I don't know. I I love that joke. Hey, True. hey, Francis. Uh, 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 if you were going to start a hobby business, uh, what would you call it? It would be a model airplane shop, and I just 
Call it hobby. That's the Houston joke this year. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> he, he, he almost almost failed to land that one. Oh. <laughs> I just opened up a comic book shop, gaming shop slash sex shop. It's called D&D and D&M. <laughs> I just uh, opened up a Dungeons and Dragons bar. It's called Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. For alcoholics? <laughs> there you go. It's all gone. Hangaray's uh, empty. Dungeon. You're done with the hobbies. You actually still need to get some work done around the house. And, you know, it is uh, quarantine and now everyone's working from home. Well, it turns out that the uh, equipment that you've been set up with is not good enough. So you're going to need to buy a new computer. You want to follow a local computer store calling around. What do you hear when they pick up the phone? They just opened a uh, very woke computer store down the street from me. It's called PCPCs. <laughs> I don't know if there's a pause because of Zoom or it's just taking you a long time to get them or they're not funny, but I'm loving the delay between my delivery and the response. It's, a, it's a People like response. us are used to that, right? Uh, <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Thanks for calling. Ram it down your throat. How can I help? Thanks for calling Hank's Computer Repair Shop. When the chips are down, call on us. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean about the lag time. <laughs> call it. Or, or I, I got one now. Hello, thanks for calling Frustrated Computers. We're all Pentium up here. <laughs> I, I got a musical interlude for you. Right. Thank you for calling Cat's Computers, where we work on... Memory. Ah. See, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for calling Dave's Computers. Will US beat any price you throw at us? <laughs> Thanks for calling Dave's Computers. You can get here by car or bus. Oh, man. I'm channeling my, my inner Guggenheim right now. Yeah, yeah. So so you're going to have to make a scuzzy pun. He, he for some oh, reason. There we go. Here it comes. Wow. I was just about to. I was about to come. <laughs> Thanks for calling David Guggenheim's computer shop. Is your laptop scuzzy? You better change your shorts. I don't know why he always talks about scuzzy. <laughs> Thank you for calling Dave's Computer Emporium. We've got lions and tigers and bears. HDMI. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Thank you for calling Francis's Computers, where we will kick your ASCII. Oh, boy. <laughs> Here's an old school one. Thank you for calling Alfalfa's Computer Shop. <laughs> We're a bunch of little Pascals. Uh, oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, what a conundrum. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That joke was too basic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give it a C plus at most. <laughs> I've been drinking lots of Java. It's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Thanks for calling Aaron's computer repair. Anytime your Bluetooth device is disconnected, I'll repair it for you. <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. 
All right. So you eventually got what you were looking for, but your boss, it turns out, had a little project for you and for inexplicable reasons needed you to get a print job done and distribute it via mail oddly enough, to all of your cohorts. You thought you would look for a local printing company. Tell us about what happened when you gave them a ring. I opened up a new print shop and sex shop. It's called Kinko's. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that a Fed Triple X Kinko's? I opened up a comic book print shop, but it's not in canon. (laughs) <laughs> my print shop mostly does t-shirts and tie-dyes it's called prince of tie-dyes <laughs> i have a print shop that only prints very large things it's called paul bunyan and babe's bluesy rocks <laughs> <laughs> there was a joke in there somewhere that didn't babe's big whatever <laughs> the, the 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 linguistic gymnastics there was essential. It was great. Uh, believe it or not, this is at least the third time that Paul Bunyan has come up on this podcast. So I think our listeners are well acquainted with our infatuation he's got, he's with got that good guy. Wood. He's got good wood, man. Coming up three times. All right. You know, if, Paul, if Paul Bunyan was a chiropractor, he'd be a lumbar jack. <laughs> What what happened to the print shop? Okay. (laughs) Uh, Ring, ring, ring. Thanks for calling Hulk's print shop. We only print Bruce Banners. (laughs) Thanks for calling Sister's print shop. No brothers here. Brother, it's a... a There's a really long delay on the the Zoom call. Oh, Thank you for calling the Beverly Hillbillies Print Shop. We'll service your buddy Epson. (laughs) Uh, Very good. Uh, Thanks for calling Printers Anonymous. (laughs) Get your zero graphics here. So thanks for calling Peter, Paul, Patrick, Perry, Priscilla, Patty, Poregard <laughs> and Penelope's print shop, eight P's. HP, eight P's. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> okay, how about this one? Thanks for calling Neo's print shop. We can meet all of your dot matrix needs. Thanks for calling the 21st century print shop. We do totally digital printing. We are not impressed. Mm. <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, I like that. Huh. Thanks for calling. Mickey's print shop. We do mineographs here. <laughs> <laughs> that one needs a little musical background. <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. So you've taken care of uh, your computer, you've taken care of the printing, but it turns out that you really like to eat during the workday, and uh, you've decided to order some things from a local snack shop. In fact, I just did that the other day, and here's what I heard. Ring, ring, ring. Peanuts and angina. Snack so good, you're guaranteed to have a heart attack. How can I help you? Wow. You have reached the Vatican Sweet Shop. We <laughs> specialize in Pump Tiff Treats. Tiff Treats. Nice. Oh, 
Jeez. I always love it when Dave, Dave is uh, on our panel uh, because he explains them to me. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I really appreciate that. <laughs> he, he captures one and, and hands it right over to you. Yeah. <laughs> so I just found a new, actually, it's a combination ice cream shop and tiger sanctuary. It's Carol Baskin Robbins. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but my favorite snack shop is where they sell the fish with the amnesia. I love to eat Doritos. (laughs) (laughs) They're delicious. The trouble with those is you're always finding nematodes in them. (laughs) I just opened a combination candy store sex shop. It's called M&M and (laughs) D&M. <laughs> I don't know S- where S- this S- is coming from. Please stop it. It's a global phenomena. Ring, ring, ring. Thanks for calling Tongue Twizzlers. Take 10 times. How can I help? I need some writing time on that. Oh, wait. Okay. I know. I know. How about, how about this? Thanks for selling. Thanks for calling Sally's Seashell Seashore Candy Shop. Wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know what? Let's move on. Gary? <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Hi. You have reached Annie Oatley's Granola Bar. Nice. Ring, ring, ring. Thank you for calling 12-inch long podiatry. We'll popcorn for you. and i thought peanuts and angina was the dirtiest thing (laughs) okay so you've had a very productive day finding businesses around town and so uh, i think it's a good prompt for us to go ahead and take a break but after this break we will be discussing is it a pun off stick around and we are back so generally speaking uh, we try to keep you know coronavirus and pandemic topics uh, more or less out of the discussion of this podcast but today i want to talk about something that's correct they're going to be so dated in a couple of weeks, nobody will even remember the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, I mean, seriously, I, I, I want this to be something people go to, to to be entertained and get their mind off of the severe and crippling depression that people like me are, are getting as a result. Uh, <clears throat> and I am, again, not joking. But anyway, what I want to talk about today is, is actually directly related to that, which is well, Zoom, which we're using now, you know, Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, all those things, they become critical players playing a critical role in the way society interacts. But what I really wanted to specifically talk about is how 
this venue has been affecting pun competitions across the country. Turns out there's an awful lot of them going on, including the O. Henry Museum in Austin, who puts on the pun off, are currently working on plans to use these venues for their shows and events. I don't know. There's a lot that we can talk about the O. Henry pun off. I think that's still in the works before more details can be given. Officially, our pun off, which was to have been in May on the weekend of Mother's Day for the last 43 years, has been pushed into now October 17. But more and more, it's looking like things are still going to be pretty dicey through the year. And so there's a very real chance that we may end up having to just do something altogether different this year if we want to continue to be presenting puns in any way to the public. It looks like online is the way to do it. And that's essentially what we're here to talk about. A phenomenon that's been happening is, I mean, I've been doing improv shows uh, on Zoom for, like I said, uh, just about uh, two and a half months now. And when we first started doing it, we were like just kind of daunted by the task of how do we take this live performance art uh, where we have that interaction, that two-way back and forth with the audience and remove the audience from it, or at least the immediate response of the audience from it and still perform. And what we ended up really learning was it's not what we can't do anymore. It's what we can do now. We have to look at the technology and the, and the form we've been given to you know, present our craft and and work from that perspective. If we look at it as we've lost so many, so many things, and yeah, it's going to be a downer for everybody. But if you look at the opportunity where all the technology is around us with, with Zoom and all of its capabilities, then it's really a huge thing. I mean, we can reach out to a global audience with the, with the right marketing engine. You know, with pretty much any sort of creative endeavor, the one that I partake in the most is writing. When you give yourself restrictions, that tends to be when you're the most creative. And so same kind of thing. Uh, since we can't be in front of a live audience, you have an opportunity to, or you should, well, hopefully you will take advantage of the restrictions of that particular venue. So for example, I wasn't aware and, and now I'm eager to consume comedy sports on Zoom, but I have been watching quite a bit of Hideout Theater. My wife is a, a member of Hideout. So I've been watching a lot of the, their shows, especially Maestro. And I have to say their use of I'm going to refer to as this venue because it could be any sort of platform, I guess, has been really fun. So they'll have like a, you know, Sesame Street style. One of these things is not like the other. And these people actually be looking at each other, you know, in real life just to the air. But it looks like they're actually looking at each other. They'll do gags where they hand things off to each other. And that just adds another level of cleverness and creativity. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. So Dave just mimed doing a drink, but if two people happen to have a similar object and you can kind of, you know, hand it off to each other off camera, Gary might be able to give us some more details than I can, but there was a Zoom-based pun off uh, about a month or so ago, and I did watch not all of it, but quite a bit of it, and I know Gary did as well. I don't know about the other two. G Gary, who, who put that on, and, and can you tell us a little this bit more was, about that? This was produced by Jonah Spear, who is one of our hardcore contestants at the O'Henry, of course, but he started out a couple of years ago putting on what he called the Bay Area pun off in San Francisco. He put on his first virtual pun off with no longer the Bay Area. It's just nationwide or worldwide. And he had something like 450 people paid, wow. uh, paid, paid admission. But it was a little, a little choppy, as you might imagine, you know, trying to put everybody together on the Zoom. And, and 
figuring out the microphones and the and the screens and stuff like well, that. Well, um, I will say that, and, and this is not even close to a criticism. As, as far as I'm concerned, that was the first time anybody tried anything like that, and the people who were watching, including me, and the people who were in it, including Jonah, certainly Jonah brothers. noticed some of the weaknesses of using Zoom for such a thing. What's a weakness that you recognize? I'm curious. <sighs> well, part of it was the voting. They were doing audience votes, uh, and, the, and the contestants were able to see the votes, and I think they would not be able to see the votes. <laughs> so well, yeah. Have a way around that. I, I, I think just the fact that Zoom is a new tool to 95% of the people who've been using it over the last you know, couple of months uh, had a lot to do with that. But the, 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 the insight that I had, and, and I've gotten the inspiration, frankly, from watching Hideout, is to use Twitch. So the direct participants, i.e. the contestants and the judges and such, would still use Zoom. But you can still get that audience participation with a lot less technological complications if the audience is watching over Twitch. And so or even YouTube. Uh, yeah, 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 some sort of live streaming service, yeah, precisely. Mm -hmm. But live streaming as opposed to a conferencing thing. So th this is uh we're going to call this a tease. Pun intensive intends to have a an audience participate What? <laughs> an audience participate Haitian event. An <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Zoom will definitely be involved, but Twitch will most certainly be as well. So uh, I think that will clean things up quite a bit, make things tighter. Well, once we figure out the, the best optimum way to do it, we, pun intensive, are going to be doing something like that, uh, what, what Aaron was just suggesting. Not only are we doing the podcast, but we want to do a live interactive thing as well. Also, the O'Henry Museum is currently working with David Guggenheim, the, the producer of the uh, O'Henry Punoff, to come up with some sort of a way to do like a Punniest of Show showcase. And I don't know if we're going to have a panel of judges for that or, or what. It's still, still kind of nebulous. But that's going to be either in addition to or instead of the Punoff that's scheduled to be in 17th of October. It, it's I'm interesting that, that you brought up Punniest of Show because – my first thought was punslingers and how my biggest fear would be uh, cheating because oh, yeah. a lot of these people prepare. I mean, it's, we've talked many times. It's the listing game. You know, can yeah. you come up with hardware stores that fast and hardware puns that fast? Well, they practice. People practice and people make lists. I did it. I, I kept a book of different subjects and stuff. So, you could have your computer screen and be clicking through to your topic, and nobody would be able to yeah. know. Well, we do. You know, hands up, you know, hands hands up, hands off. But you could still have somebody on the other side of the room uh, doing something for you. Yeah, it, cheating would not be a problem if there is not a big prize. I mean, that's what I always tell people <laughs> about, the, about the pun off. It's, I can offer to uh, record people's outgoing uh, voicemail. <laughs> I people always ask me, you know, what, what are the prizes? And I say, well, it's a prize, just a dinky little plastic trophy. You know, it, it costs you nothing to enter, but your dignity. If you had that, you wouldn't have entered in the first place. <laughs> but, uh, so true. And, and, the, and, the pri and the prize is the, the the knowledge that you bested the other guy, and uh, and you followed the rules. If you're not following the rules, 
you're not really playing the game. You're playing some other game. As my and friend John like, Erler and fellow Pancaker says, ah, winning the O. Henry Ponoff, a dubious honor at best. <laughs> <laughs> the possibility exists here with all these different ways to get on screen and on a live show now we actually are, are opening up the door to people who would not have been able to make the trip to Austin ever. And now they will be able to make the trip to, to Austin just as easily as people who are already here in Austin. The same thing with the improv uh, deal. It, it uh, a lot of people don't want to go out to the, to the improv clubs, but they like improv. So maybe they'll tune into the improv show online when they might not have ever gone to the theater. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a big going out at night person. I don't, you know, I'm 68 years old. I don't want to go out at night. I'm not a big nightlife type person, but I, I crave comedy and comedy clubs and, and, and stuff like that. So the fact that more of this stuff is available now right here on my laptop is really a nice thing for me. And, and, that, and I think, I think that's, improv shows interfere with your nap time. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I would say is we have been trained to expect a certain level of quality for on-screen entertainment. And I think when the nightly shows started doing remote stuff, you saw them trying to figure out the platform. So if you go back and watch, you know, those first few Jimmy Fallon Tonight shows from home, I mean, it's rough. And he's gotten better at it. But I, I found myself, you know, watching a few minutes and then like, yeah, this isn't the quality of show I'm used to. Saturday Night Live did a couple episodes and it got remarkably better as they went. I think but they only it, did. It's just hard to get a quality product that people want, I think. I, I want to address so that. Many Zoom meeting sketches that you can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so I want to address that Saturday Night Live thing real quickly because there were one or two sketches. So I think they only did three of those, right? Saturday Night Live at home or something. And the first one had, in my opinion, two or three of the best sketches I have seen on that show in years and years and years and years, especially the one about Ruth Bader Gisborne. Ginsburg, I almost died laughing. But the the thing that was most notable to me was the weekend update where they tried to insert a laugh track. Did you guys happen to see that? It was a live laugh track. So they just had some, you know, buddies <laughs> on audio laughing. And it was kind of embarrassing, actually. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So uh, whenever we're doing uh, comedy sports over Zoom, um, we encourage our players to leave the mic unmuted. That way you can hear that laughter. And that laughter feeds the players. It also yeah. just makes the, the, the static thing that you're watching much more lively. So I, I get it. I, I, You've got to have that, that feedback. Otherwise, you don't know if, if it's hitting. There's one show that nailed it from the very first episode, and that was John Oliver's This Week Tonight. Oh, yeah. His ability to land those jokes without the audience is just amazing. I mean, they, they land He's really, really good. So yeah. it's, well, it's, it's he's got a amazing. He's got a big background in radio, too. So he he, he That's used true. to work without an audience because he worked in radio. You know, I hadn't thought about that. That's a really good point. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's just it's it's so good. I should also add that watching his show is so depressing sometimes <laughs> these days. He gets it right though. His <laughs> antics are, are definitely pleasing. All the things that he pulls off, I think he does with great aplomb. And I laugh. I laugh real hard. And I, I've you know been tempted like this close to donating to some of his goofiness. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh oh. I I totally. We we bought the what's it the Ralph Bundo. What's the bunny? 
Oh, I bought that book too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we bought that that for our kid, and that is really great. Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're gonna play the internet's favorite pun competition, even if the internet doesn't know it yet. Stick around. We are back. Uh, we're going to play the Pun Slingers game, and we're going to, you know, again, this is more of an exhibition than a competition. So I'm going to give a topic, and then get we're my just list of words ready. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but of course, the qu- question is, what is the topic? The topic is summer camp. Summer camp. Can you come up with one of those? <laughs> it's good to go to camp because things are just too intense. <laughs> there are great stories told about summer camp. We call it council lore. Those stories are all bunk. All of the websites for summer camps are written using JSON. I think the topic of that joke was crystal clear. See, hey, he found it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a comment, but I decided I would chuck it out. Well, then you're fired. You know, when it comes to these summer camp puns, some are better than the other. (laughs) Can you think of s'more? (laughs) First time I had alcohol was at summer camp. I was half in the bag. Slapping the bag? Half in the bag. I'm not not familiar with that figure of speech. Half in the bag? Half in, like, being drunk, half in the bag? No, I've I didn't never heard that. this before. No, no I, I didn't grow up in the wild, wild west, I guess. <laughs> you, need, you, need to drink, you need to drink more, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Well, you need to drink less. Good happen. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear that Michael Jackson actually started a summer camp? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, it's it's a time for summer glove. Wow. Well, wow, that was so much better than I ever dreamt. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How can you even look at the man in the mirror? <laughs> I mean, as the topic, you can't beat it. Uh, these Wait, jokes are the, bad. At the summer camp, do they use the porta potty? They build a TP and fill it full of TP. I know one of the fun events that Gary likes to do at the summer camp. He likes to go on the retire swing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I used to go to one of those summer overnight camps where they have the boys on one side of the lake and on the other side, it's swimming. But the boys on the other side of the lake, they're hiding in the bushes to watch the the women swimming. That's why they get boys in ivy. You know, I actually used to work for one, but I made a uh, mistake that resulted in a in an in, in someone's someone get, getting injured. So I was camp fired. Uh, when I Man, there's a long lag. Test, when I show somebody my testicles, I say meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, showing your age, man. <laughs> and, and 
and that's all you're getting to show us. <laughs> don't get up. Don't get yeah, up. Stay I can pan down. down. I can pan down. No, no, okay. <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, are, you, are you actually wearing pants on the Zoom call, Dave? <laughs> as far as you know. When you go swimming at the summer camp, you have to pull your underwear up real tight so you don't get sand wedgies. <laughs> Well, at summer camp, I dip all my vegetables in skinny dip. (laughs) They encourage summer reading at these kinds of things. One of the more popular ones is Tug of War and Peace. (laughs) I used to go to Edith Bunker camp. That's where I learned (laughs) archery. Those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Totally off topic, but does anybody know what the second to last line of the theme song of that show is? Glenn Miller. No, no, Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know about you, but I've heard that line a bajillion times. Had no idea what they were saying until. Our old LaSalle ran great. Yeah, I was very proud of myself when I figured it out. Meanwhile, back at the camp, <laughs> the, uh, the director of arts and crafts, you know what his name is? Lanyard Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a camp counselor, I would have to give medications to the kids, especially the really old ones, the ones who were over ADHD. I'm opening a new summer camp slash sex store. It's called Leatherworks. <laughs> wow. Wow. Francis, no, I have to be Francis. honest. I didn't even hear the punchline. I just <laughs> Leatherworks. That's all you need. But I'm just wondering what what percentage of Francis's puns involve a sex shop that is <laughs> kind of shoehorned into it. <laughs> Wait till we get to the plug section at the end. Yeah. <laughs> a, a very famous skater went to summer camp. You might know him as Tomahawk. <laughs> oh. Gotcha. Not all of these puns blow, but we blow. Uh, that's a Boy Scout joke. Cub Scout joke. When I was a kid, I used to go to camp at a... It was called Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Axe. <laughs> How did you get that? <laughs> okay, so there's a ferry system at uh, summer camp I used to go to, and they had like the A boat, the C boat, the M boat. But I always like to put my hand and pat L boat. Wow. <laughs> Talk about needing a workshop, man. <laughs> James Bond used to go to summer camp. That's right. He went to Camp Hiawatha PPK. You know, you can watch videos of all the fun action on the lake in the summer camp on the, uh, I believe it's a, that service called Inner YouTubes. <laughs> you, you Inner Tubes? You Inner Tubes? Who Inner Tubes? You Inner Tubes? Y'all still don't know the Walther PPK reference. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, you lost me there. It's angering me. 
That's what the is gun it? That, that James Bond uses. It's oh, the Walter PPK. Uh, <laughs> thank but you. Of I'm just smiling that. and nodding and hoping you go away. So. <laughs> well, a, a lot of times I, uh, I just you know let them go over my head because I know I'll have to hear them 28 times while I'm editing and it'll finally come to me. So I apologize, guys. That that James Bond joke was in my queue. Nah. That's, 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 <laughs> Um, I'm sending my son to a camp. They've got a lot of animals, and this year they're doing it virtually. It's the Zoo Zoom. Nice. <laughs> you know, if you work with a lot of animals at summer camp, you can win a merit badger too. <laughs> badger. <laughs> this is for you uh, video game fans out there. Todd McFarlane went to summer camp. It was called a spawn camp. So that's going to be a very deep cut for <laughs> a lot of my nerdy friends out there. So uh, Todd McFarlane, no, I'm not going to explain. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, here's the thing, Dave, I have to admit. I understand every reference there, except I don't understand what you're punning. Spawn camping. So it's a video game uh, reference where somebody respawns in a first-person shooter, and you kind of lo- uh, hide where they're going to respawn, and you blast them as soon as they respawn. Oh, they're spawn gotcha. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, spawn. All right, yeah. It was. I thought he was talking about Seth MacFarlane. I was trying to <laughs> 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 family guy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You know, I went to a computer summer camp and I got there by bus. I'm recycling. Uh... <laughs> that's that's out of familiar. You're right. <laughs> that's good. There were not many hahas in that camp. <laughs> because there were not many hahas in that camp, we are going to wrap up. But we will be coming back. We do want you to stay tuned during the break. I hope you don't have a too near because when we come back it'll be your good fortune tune here advice about his itunes his itunes his itunes and my tunes we'll be right back good lord that sucked all right that, sorry <laughs> We are back. Before we leave, I want to encourage everybody to give us a rating in iTunes. If you're listening to this, you probably listen to a lot of podcasts and now know that that's critically important to us. So please do that. Also, if you want to follow us on Facebook or Instagram or any of those, just go to whatever that is slash pun intensive. With the exception of YouTube, they won't let me make one of those uh, until we have more listeners. Does anybody want to give some sort of plug? Dave, you said that you've been doing a lot of comedy sports performances. Absolutely. Yeah. Comedy sports uh, has definitely taken to Zoom like mad. I mean, it's not just in Austin, but it's pretty much all over the United States, even in, in the UK. So pretty much on Fridays and Saturdays at the 730 time slot for wherever you are is typically when we have our shows and you can go to comedy sports, Austin forward slash tickets to purchase your tickets. And it's pretty much pay what you want. And it's just, it's a fantastic show, family friendly and uh, definitely a great excursion away from, you know, your things that you would normally be doing, like binge watching all of Avatar, which I have, and it's fantastic. You should. (laughs) I'm on episode two right now, so uh, watching that with my 10-year-old. Okay, and of course, there will be a link in the show notes to that. Francis McGrath. So I'm opening a new sex store called (laughs) FMS. Wow, Francis. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I actually just did a kind of a live concert with my son playing drums, and the technical difficulties were high enough that we recorded it live. We didn't broadcast it live, but it's all out there. It's on Facebook, it's on Instagram, it's on YouTube. Francis McGrath, F R A N C I S G R A T H. There's all those videos uh, available on my channel. I actually don't have anything to plug myself. Gary, I know you had something you wanted to say here. Kind of a sober note, one of our uh, competitors from the Punderdome gang has been to the Punoff a couple of times and done real well. His name is Brian Agler, and he has developed cancer. And I just thought I'd give a little shout out to Brian, and we'll put a link in the show notes uh, so you can watch some of his performances on YouTube and also a link to a FundMe account for supporting his uh, wife who is due to deliver their child in August. The the show notes have a link to the GoFundMe, and we would encourage you to visit that. And also, I'm going to play for you a clip of him competing at the O. Henry Punoff. My name is Brian Agler, and I'm punning for office. I'm here to set a new president for service and leadership. Now, I don't want to beat around the bush. I want your vote. Link on to this movement. I come from humble beginnings. My father James was a tiler. His father Zachary was a tailor. He made $1,000 per annum. Annum, that's the term, four years. Growing up, I was a Boy Scout. I have video of it, my Camp David. And because of that, I'm an environmentalist. I want to cleave land away from all the polluters. Yesterday, I had to clean a rock formation. Just look at my gorge washing tan. I oppose the auto bailout. I'd rather Ford be hazed than give them any more of my tax dollars. I'm all for new technologies, lasers, ray guns. Did, did you know that we can clone body parts? We can make eyes an hour. And I think the medical system is in shambles. Every time I go for a visit, my doctor makes me strip down. I say, F that DR. I don't like this new deal. chose a car that I had an infinity for, and it was a Mazda egg. It would have won every single beauty contest lot. And the dealer agreed. He said, oh, that's a real GM, see? That's a, that's a good car for men and women. Hum or her. But it's not a Toyota kind of car you mess around with. She can take Saturns at 100 miles an hour. Or more, Sadie's-Benz having 150 mile an hour speed limit. She can do those too, for a real. Dodge, you hear me? Are you excited? And I was, because this guy was no car bore orator. He said, take a look at the lights. You can do a low beam or try a high beam dabble. You decide. Or uh, listen to the sound system. You can have rap swag or be Volkswagen. Imbue it it with your own personality. But then I saw the price, $75,000. That's not Jeep. I can't afford that. Not even a portion. That's automobility to pay. For, For me to have that kind of money, I would need a magic Lamborghini. So let's get unsober. So it um, it turns out that all four of us happen to live in Austin, which is often referred to as the live music capital of the world. But of course, it's not the only town with live music. And at some point in the near or distant future, also known as the future, you may find yourself in a live music venue only to be unsure how to best consume it. Being the expert Austinites that we are, we have some sage advice for you. Here's mine. Take note. 
bar none, bars are the best place for live music. The staff never causes trouble, which should be music to your beers. And if you doubt me, I've been going to them forever and sulfage so good. Gary Halleck. Oh, well, I've, I've been blabbing all through the show that I'm 68 years old. I'm not a big consumer of live music. I don't go out to live music venues very much, especially now that I'm social disco dancing. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing much of that either. <laughs> uh, but I am staying alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I did watch a live performance recently of Brian Wilson, one of the original Beach Boys, practically the only original Beach Boys still left, performing on one of the late night shows. And he finally answered the question, wouldn't it be nice if we were older? The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Wilson used to used to sing in a very high voice, uh, you know, but uh, now at his age, he now sings with a falsetto teeth, more or less. But in, in his performance, uh, he did not sing high. In fact, now he sings solo, so low that it made his dog howl. You know, I'm pretty sure I heard it in the background pet sounds. <laughs> did it make you smile? <laughs> it made me smile. Fantastic. That's great. All right, and well, Gary, Francis McGrath. Gary, since you don't want to go out, I've got two pieces of musical advice for you. And you will find me FaceTime after FaceTime. (laughs) You can always find all kinds of great music on YouTube. Nice. That's all I got. Brilliant. All right. And Dave Wallace. Well, it's no secret. I grew up in San Antonio, and if you want to hear good live music, I was told early on to move to Austin. As a matter of fact, my friend Stevie raved on and on about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and I'm Aaron Faisal. I'm signing off with the catchphrase. See you in two weeks.